0: Us massage therapists are not notoriously known for our financial savvy. Having a scarcity mindset or starving healer syndrome unfortunately describes an awful lot of us in the healing professions. We operate from the belief, often unconscious, that we don't deserve to become wealthy or even financially comfortable from the work we perform. But therapists, that's a lie. We deserve all that and more. A few months back, inside my membership, we were focused on retirement, a topic I often see neglected by massage therapists. In fact, in an informal quiz I conducted on Instagram, 65% of you said that you hadn't started planning for retirement yet. You might be saying, contribute towards retirement? Are you kidding me? There is nothing left over at the end of the month. And I get it. It's really hard to budget when you don't know how much is coming in especially in the beginning stages when income and expenses are unknown. And it's not like we have anyone contributing to a 401k on our behalf. But therapists, there is a better way. I want to see you thrive and succeed not only during your career, but also into your retirement, which is why I invited financial literacy coach Sherry Rozeski to come chat with my membership group. This podcast episode is pieces of that conversation, Sherry has been a one-on-one financial coach for over 11 years and is passionate about helping people create positive relationships with their money. Getting on track for retirement can and should be a priority. Listen on as we discuss how to kick scarcity mindset to the curb and create abundance. We have resources within our control as self-employed entrepreneurs to change our destiny. Hey, Becca, you want to start a podcast? Mm-hmm.
1: Align with the Massage Business Mama is the product of two massage school besties deciding to take a leap and try something new. It's morphed, it's shifted, it's grown. But at the core, it's Allie, a massage business coach, and her occasional sidekick, Becca, two therapists committed to elevating the field.
0: Thank you, Sherry Rozeski, for joining us. It's such an honor to have you on. Thank you for Um, having me friends. Yeah. Sherry is a one-on-one financial coach and she is passionate about helping people create positive relationships with their money. And Sherry, can you just share a little bit with us about how you got started as a financial coach, what your background is and what you're doing these days? Sure. Actually, um,
1: I was a really young mother and uh, I got married pretty young and I was a shipping manager just trying to make things a go. And then lo and behold, uh, my husband and I went a decade and we went broke and it was really a fun time for us. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> thrilling. <laughs> and so what ended up happening is we were both in the printing industry and they, the printing industry died. And so what we did is I was going back to college and one of my drivers at that time had said, Hey, Sherry, you should listen to this really smart guy on the radio named Dave Ramsey. And I said, okay. And we would unload the trucks and and do all that. He'd tell me what he would say. And I dropped out of college to take financial peace university and have one date night a week with my husband. And from that point forward, I never wanted to turn back. And I also wanted to help others be able to thrive in their business and in their finances, finances as well. So I went to Tennessee, learned from them. And 10 years later, here
0: I am. So you worked for, you worked for Dave Dave Ramsey as one of the personal coaches.
1: Yes, I was, I was a local financial coach. So he has people out across the U S that will coach, They have been trained by him. And um, I just recently actually retired from them because there's a few things that I would change up a little bit, like the debt snowball. I changed it to debt elimination to help entrepreneurs get the best uh, results they're looking for. So I added a little savings component too, because when you get to baby step three, which is a fully funded emergency fund, there's such a high paying off debt, And sometimes people have no excitement saving. And so I want to link those two together a little bit. So I changed a few things up.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. So you're just doing this one-on-one coaching now. Do you have other elements to what you're doing with your your business as well?
1: Yes, actually. So the one-on-one coaching is now morphing into courses and hopefully eventually a membership so that I can help people with start with their personal finances, even if they are a business owner, because once you know your business fine or your personal finances, and you understand everything that you need to do and exactly how everything rolls together, you know how to make a unique budget, you know how to do the forget-me-not calendar, which gives you your highs and lows of expenses and income. Once you know how to do all that, then you can take that information and transpose it inside of your business and make a well-working machine more or less. And so I am creating a course and I'll be teaching people how to manage their finances. And you guys are going to get a taste of that today, actually.
0: So Sherry, what do you got for us? Tips and tools?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do. I
0: wanted to start
1: out by just laying out a roadmap more or less. So Dave Ramsey has seven baby steps, but I know that when I was going through all of that stuff, I did financial peace university and he lost me at like week five because I was nowhere near that point. So I usually start people off, especially business owners at baby steps one through four that Dave Ramsey talks about baby step one is a thousand dollars in your emergency fund. And there's a couple of different ways that you can do that to make it work for you, to get used to having a savings baby. Step two is debt elimination. Oh, I call it debt elimination. He calls it the debt snowball and he goes through and he teaches you how to pay off your debt. And then he moves into baby step three, which is a fully funded emergency fund, which is three to six months of expenses. And I want to clarify, it's not income because a lot of times when I help people build in their budget, I want you to build in some savings and different things like that. So it's three to six months of expenses. If you lost everything, you lost your job um, or you lost your career and you're trying to rebuild. And then the fourth step is retiring. And he wants you to try to put 15% towards that. Now, I know that retirement for all of us, even for me, I it's always in the back of the mind running back here going, wow, you need to be applying more to your retirement. But I will tell you guys, if you do baby steps one through three, you are going to have the funding to be able to get to that retirement. And then baby steps five, six, seven, we won't even worry about that. That is more like paying off the house and everything else. And a lot of times we can't even get to that point. So the first thing that we really need to do, there's there's four points to get to the retirement stage. And the first point on the roadmap or stop, if you will, is where we are now. And we have to acknowledge and evaluate and just be really vulnerable and truthful with ourselves. And then the second point that we need to do is we need to know where we're going so that it doesn't feel so scary because money is not sexy. People do not like talking about it. And that's my job. That's my whole job is to make people get excited about it. <laughs> and then point three is designing a plan to get there. And then point four is starting to be able to implement and go through those four steps, start your retirement funds. So One of the things that I want to talk about is point A, which is where we are now, the evaluation process. But I think we need to know who we are as solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. We are the CEO. We are the chief financial officer. We are the marketing department. We are the administration and every other role in a big Walmart company or any company out there. And we have to do all of them. And there are limited hours of the day. And that doesn't even include our jobs when we get home, if we have kids and husbands and communities that we're involved in. So we just have to give ourselves grace. And while we're in the process of learning money just love yourself through it. You don't have to do it all at once. You just start a little bit at a time. Then the next thing that we need to review more or less is our current relationship with money. A lot of times we have fear and that can come from our youth or adulthood. And it's just the experiences, you know, our, our lives are built full of experiences which creates a story but here's the thing we have the opportunity at any point in time to change the ending of the story and a lot of times i talk about writing your financial story because money touches everything there's not one thing out there that money doesn't touch the next thing that i would i would really suggest people do is is dig deep let go of the scarcity go for the abundance and really focus on looking at what your mindset is. The mindset of, I can do anything for seven days. And I teach that all the time. In money, things will change in 24 hours, 48 hours, seven days. It, it changes so rapidly. And a lot of times, if you have the mindset of abundance, You are going to see an influx of customers, or you're going to get a discount on a bill somewhere or something. It just like all of a sudden you get excited about $2 here, $10 here, $16 over here, you know, and it all adds up to be one really positive experience.
0: Sherry, are you are you kind of saying that like for a day or two days or seven days that you're supposed to be focused on? seeing that change? Is that, is that I'm a little confused about what you mean by anything can change in seven days. Thank you for, for asking that. No, you know, focusing on our behaviors. Like if, if you go
1: to the store, let's say we go to the grocery store on our personal side, or even for the business, we would go to the store and we would take the steps to make it as low as possible if we needed to, you know, if we didn't have any flex inside of our budget, let's say we have 200 bucks, then we're going to go, we're going to go with a list and we're going to shoot for like 170, right? Because then that leaves that gap of $30 that can be applied somewhere else, especially in those moments where it's really, really tight. And it feels like you, your throat is suffocating because your income is low. And so If you are on a low side, I teach people just hang on seven days. You'll look at it and you go, okay, I do have to go grocery shopping today. I'm going to go pull cash out of the bank so that I have to bring a calculator with me. (laughs) I can't go over. And I've even suggested if people are really, really tight, which they're not usually, I haven't had this happen in a long time, but leave your debit card at home so that you can start the practice of really behaving with cash, right? If you only have cash, you're going to, you're going to go with it. The next thing is, is planning. So budgets have a bad name. Um, Most of the time, anytime people think of budgets, the first thought that comes to their mind is, is I do a budget, but if you ask just a little bit further, it's, but I don't follow it. Or I,
0: the numbers don't actually match. I have no idea how I get to those numbers. As entrepreneurs, like as solopreneurs, as business owners, that there's this, this budgeting that's a little bit harder because we don't necessarily know how much income is coming in. So I think that that's a huge component for us as solopreneurs.
1: Yes. And as solopreneurs, one of the things, the reason why I really try to help people understand their personal finances first is because if you build your personal budget and you know how low you, you can go as far as your paycheck, that's what I want to help you guys do. I want to help you guys create a standard paycheck. And then you give yourself bonuses if your business is doing really well, or you can pack it into savings. And I just, Wow, I wasn't going to go here till a little bit later, but I have to because it's so exciting and fun. Um, Inside of our business, we have the highs and lows of income. But the goal is, is to know what your average high is and your low is. And then we pack money into what I call, inside of our personal budget, I call it life buckets, inside of our professional bucket, I call it professional buckets. So it's basically... Um, And amortization for yourself so that you don't have those high highs and the low lows. You can, if you are having a low month, then we're going to pull from the savings to even it out a little bit. And if you're having a high, you're going to pack a bucket load of money into that savings account so that you can even it out. And that's, that's kind of part of creating that relationship with your money and, and really understanding it's not about numbers. It's about a lifestyle. It's about really connecting with your goals and your dreams and who you want to become and where you want to go. And that's why we have unique budgets every single month. And it can't be a one and done thing. Even in personal, like there's, I haven't seen a budget. You have some standards, but it's never a one and done because we're always doing something like continuous education, or we're just we get a new expense. Maybe we need to add a calendar app to our business or whatever. And even though it's $7.99, sometimes on our low months, $7.99 can feel like it's killing us. <laughs> yeah. So, And sometimes it's like, wow, that could have been placed somewhere else. So one of the other things that I always help people to understand is... When you are creating a relationship with your money, you're saving and spending habits. And I talked a little bit about that on that seven-day rule, Ali. but our saving and spending habits, I always want to help people put more money into savings. It doesn't matter if we're starting out with $20, let's just start somewhere and get used to the idea of having money in the savings account. Even if you have to pull it out three months later, it's okay. And there is also an idea on the savings side. We want to have two different accounts. There are some circumstances that are emergencies over here and that's, um, you know, I'm not going to make it because my income was low and I don't have the savings account quite built up to even my paycheck out. So we might have that for emergencies. And then we also have what I call the life buckets over here. And those are for things that you save for and you plan for, because the whole point of a budget is to teach you how to live and have fun with it. Like, Oh my goodness. Everybody wants to go out and have a fun. If If we don't and we wait till our retirement or whatever, who knows if we'll get it, it might not be possible. So, and the spending habits, knowing that every single choice that you make on your spending habits. So I teach people a lot to take apps off of your phone. Like just take Amazon off. That boredom scrolling is gonna knock you sideways every time.
0: Or to like, just not have your credit card linked to, I, don't have, I don't have my credit card linked to anything. I, I still have the apps on my phone, but my credit card isn't linked. And so like often I'll be in bed at night and looking at my phone and I'm like, oh, I totally want that sweater, but my <laughs> credit card isn't linked. And I'm like, I'm not going to go get my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and you know,
1: there's there's some tricks to that As well, you know, if there is something, well, there's a couple of different things. So I do suggest people buy on on their computer if they're going to do it, just the buying process. You can kind of shop on your phone, but give yourself 24 hours to 48 hours. And remember how I said, everything changes in seven days. I guarantee you, if you give yourself 24 to 48 hours, all of a sudden it may or may not be as important at the end of that time so and it's just one simple rule that can really change total aspect of your budget and not only that but one of the people that i i spoke with when i was working with my class she's like you know i looked at my bank account and i said i had such and such money and i thought no problem and that's the difference between looking at your bank account And looking at your budget because you've planned every single dollar. So you can look at your budget and go, do I actually have clothing or whatever that item is? Do I have money budgeted for that? If you don't, you have two choices. The first choice, you can realign your budget and say, okay, I really, really want to buy that sweater or B, nope. I think putting that money into my savings account or paying off this debt is more important this month. The sweater can stay on my wish list. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing, and it's it's a secret that nobody talks about in the money world. I've actually not heard of anybody else uh, talking about it, but it is financial timing. It all leads into that seven day. Um, you can hang on for seven days. So I have people plan for the whole entire month, but what we are going to do is, is we are going to have a date night with our money every seven days. I usually have people pick a night, whether it's Thursday night or Friday night, you have date night. If you've gone over budget on a few categories, um, some of the more difficult categories might be like gas. Like we never know when gas prices are going to fly through the window. Uh, sometimes that first transition of when it starts getting cold, if we're in certain areas, you know, how your, uh, natural gas and your city bill kind of transpose a little bit because of heat versus air conditioning. So there's a few things and just have a date night and go, okay, well I bought, um, $200 worth of groceries. I went to a bulk store. I'm probably only going to need 75 bucks for the remaining weeks of the month or something like that, depending on how many people you have in your family. But that timing, when we build it in, the reason why that's so important, if you do like to get bulk store shopping done, most people like to do it right at the last week of the month, or the first week of the month, for some reason, I don't know why that's a thing, but it is. And you're going to want to plan. So if you have a $500 budget, that does look like $125 a week, if you broke it out weekly, but you would probably want to plan $250 for, let's go $200 for your first of the month. And then the remaining 300, you want, want to break out amongst the three months. Here's the other really cool thing is, is I always teach people to budget on four weeks. So when you do have that fifth week, you can, um, if you do pay yourself bi-weekly, you get those two extra paychecks a year. And so that's pretty exciting. If you pay yourself monthly, then you also know that those five week months, you're going to have a little bit more in expenses and they're usually in gas and groceries. Cause you're going to have an extra week of groceries and extra week of gas too. And I highly suggest all people get gas on the same day, regardless of whether or not your tank is done, because then it'll kind of give you a true, you always want to keep your, your tank of gas on the full side. Those are just little teeny tips and tricks to the trade. (laughs) And what happens with those is, is then it leads into, let's say you have uh, most people are solopreneurs. Um, In my case, I'm a solopreneur, but at home I have a husband I've got some kids. We can have conversations like, Hey, so this and this happened this week. It was unexpected. Or when your kid comes up to you and says, Oh, mom, I have a fundraiser coming up and everything's due by Thursday. And you've got to cover the whole lot of it until I get the money or the checks or whatever. And I'm like, huh. so I will actually have my child. I've had this happen before say, okay, well, if that's the case, then you tell me what we're going to sacrifice and you can, it'll be restaurants or it'll be something of the sort. And they have to make that, or they have to make the decision that, you know, we'll just go ahead and lower that fundraiser amount a little bit. So
0: I love the idea of getting your family involved with that process, especially kids.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really, really incredible. And it really helps that communication barrier. When I told you that uh, money is not sexy, you can actually start bringing this stuff to the table and it becomes a conversation rather than an argument. I don't know if you've ever had an argument about money, but when you walk away, that clouds into that fear and that, that experience keeps adding up and they pile up. So the last thing that we need to evaluate is what is at stake if we don't want to work with our money. I actually call it creative avoiding because creative avoiding is what we do. We convince ourselves that we have looked at it. We've done the very best we can. And sometimes just one more look 24 hours later, 48 hours later, if it's a tighter month, or if it's an abundant month, if it's an abundant month, you have to put that money into savings immediately. As soon as you get that money, just, it has to go because
0: you can't have it hanging out in your bank account because otherwise it dwindles somewhere else. Do you recommend having a separate savings account for businesses that you? Yes. Yes. So the, the account setup, up, how I would do it or how I
1: usually suggest people do it is in the business you would have. Um, and it depends on how people, I suggest two to three accounts. You have your main business checking account, then you have a savings for your emergencies and your business things that you're saving for whether it's continuous education or whatnot and then you also i suggest having another savings account for those quarterly taxes so you pay 25 percent right off the top and you just put it in there it's not seen and sometimes it's so helpful because then when when you do have to pay your quarterly taxes Or even at the end of the year, depending on what type of business entity that you have, you can just pull it out and you don't even think about it. It's not even included inside of your income or working
0: expense money. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I am so excited to share our sponsor today. I was first introduced to Sacred Earth Botanicals when I was still in massage school and I fell in love. The thick, lasting glide allowed me to achieve a greater depth than ever before. And from a small, ethical, environmentally friendly company, what could be better? Sacred Earth is one of the only USDA-certified organic products on the market. Their oil, gel, salves, essential oils, fractionated coconut oil, and arnica oil all have the USDA logo. It's also hypoallergenic and does not contain nut oils, parabens, or fragrances, making it a great choice for those with allergies. My personal favorite, their cream. With an extremely high concentration of organic oils and extracts, a little goes a long way, saving you money. And clients love it. I often sell it to them for their own personal use as a hand cream. Sacred Earth is only sold through authorized dealers, Visit their website at sacredearthbotanicals.com to find a store near you. The other thing that we want to
1: really like look at is, is what will happen if we don't do anything with our money and our businesses are at stake, our personal and family lives are at stake, our homes and, and I say homes because friends, that first two years that or that first 10 years, we did lose our home. We we had to sell everything, I- including vehicles. We, we had to sell everything and we lost it all. And we had to start from ground zero. And although I'm very grateful of it now, because now I know where I'm never going to go again, if we don't have to experience that, then... Oh my goodness. That would be, it would be amazing. And then one of the other things is, is I don't know about you, but I really don't want to work for anybody else. I want to continue working for myself because of the freedom, the flexibility, and it's just downright fun. So, I mean, the list is really endless. And so when we're thinking about Sometimes when I don't want to do something, I always make excuses and laundry becomes super important all of a sudden. And it's like, no, just why do you need to do it? Or why do you want to do it? And I look at my what's at stake list. So sometimes that can help. So the next stopping point on our journey roadmap is where are we headed? And the first thing that I want to just Cover is what do we want to achieve as solopreneurs, financially speaking? And there's, it's it's really basic. When we break it down, uh, we could have a lot. Maybe somebody wants a lake house, or you know, we can think of those big things. But when we look at the basics, the basics are we need to have enough money, that's income from our clients to support our business. We want to live comfortably in our personal lives. We want to put a little or a lot away for retirement. We want to continue being our own boss and we want to go to work every day, being happy and excited to do what we get to do every day. So once we know that and we break it down in such simplistic terms, it's like, okay, even the things that we don't want to do make it a little bit easier, especially that those roles that we play, like the chief executive officer. Sometimes we don't like making decisions or chief financial officer. What do we need the business to do? How many more clients can I take on or how many clients can I not take on? Is my personal life starting to be sacrificed because I'm working 12 to 15 hours a day and my kids don't know who their mom is.
0: Yeah. I feel like dad. this is a huge one. I see this so much in our industry. Um, and I think it's because we have such empathy towards our clients. And so we like, we're like, I'll squeeze in one more massage here. And, and so I see that happening a lot.
1: And, and you guys have to do, um, you know, my, my business kind of works this way. It seems like, you know, we
0: have to have odd hours to accommodate some of the people too. I, I, I at least I, I believe that that's kind of coming from a scarcity mindset that, ah. that, that idea that I have to have odd hours. You can, and yeah, it could accommodate, you know, the the people who work nine to five or the weekends, the people who can only come in on the weekends. But I think that if you don't want to have a life where you're working odd hours or on weekends, that you can very easily and that there are people out there. So I, I, I think that that's a lie that we tell ourselves <laughs> that we have to have. I that love hour. that you talk about that because that's,
1: That's the lie of solopreneurship, right? We like, we don't have anybody telling us any different unless we're in something like this, a membership that says, no, if you want to work nine to five, then go for it. Matter of fact, I just switched my hours to seven to four. And I went, "I I don't know how this works. You know, I've never done it that way because I have done the night, evening. Well, people can do lunch
0: hours and make your lunch hour whenever you want. And that means the whole day is open, Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I, I used to play into that scarcity mindset and had just crazy hours. And it was like, as soon as I switched my hours, it was all these people who I thought weren't going to be able to continue to see me. They found a way they made, they made it a priority and it was like just a non-issue. So,
1: and those are the people that you want coming to see you anyway. Right. So that's pretty exciting. Yep. So the next thing that um, we want to kind of talk about and continuously practice in order to live a quality solopreneurship, we touched on one of them, but we want to practice and embrace the skill of working with irregular income. Irregular income is so uncomfortable. There are so many times people come to me and we're working together and they're like, I can't do a budget. I just never know what my income's going to be for the month. And I say, you know, that's okay. Let's, let's just take a stab at it. And so that's really what a budget looks like And the, you can pretty much dial a budget in on your personal and professional life in 120 days. And that's the first 30 days. It's really just like testing it and throwing things on paper and seeing if it sticks or what does stick And then once you go into the 30 to 60 days, it's more about modifying it. And then the 60 to 90 days, now we're starting to build momentum because we've started changing some spending habits. We've changed some saving habits. We've decided that those memberships that keep coming out every single month, we haven't gone to do those memberships in six months. So let's cancel them, you know, that kind of stuff. So the momentum is building. And then all of a sudden, by the time you reach 120 days, You have some life buckets filled up, you have debt paid off, or you've, you're starting the process of it and you are protecting yourself and you're putting yourself first financially. And again, money touches everything. So that ripple effects into every other area in your life. How many times when we're stressed about money, whether it's on the business side or the personal side, our kids will come up to us and maybe say, Hey mom, what are we having for dinner? I don't know. Why can't you make it yourself? You know, (laughs) I've been saying that to my son since he was two. (laughs) So it's just that underlying agitation and the more comfortable that we get understanding it, the better off we'll be. The other thing, and, and I talked about this or touched on it briefly, is giving ourselves a dependable paycheck. And I suggest when you, when you build this We understand our personal budget first, then we see what our business can actually pay us and we start to bridge that gap. So it might be that you have to cut expenses a little bit on your personal side so that your business can support or, you know, sometimes for a temporary, very temporary period of time instead of getting new clients, some people have opted to get like a second job or they have a whole bunch of stuff from those Amazon purchases
0: and they start selling them enough to seal the gap. And so do you, when you say a dependable paycheck, do you suggest that we pay ourselves the same amount each month?
1: Yes. And then what I suggest is, is if, if you have more one month, Um, or let's say that you are really trying to accomplish something on your personal side. Let's say you have like 200 bucks left to pay off that credit card. And you're like, dang, I don't have it built into my budget because I, I have this, this, and this, I wonder where that could come from. Well, if you're having a little bit higher month, I do suggest that you give yourself rewards go ahead and give yourself a $200 bonus. If you really want to apply it to your debt elimination and go, yes, I did it. Mark it off your list. Give yourself the joy of doing things that really impact your life because in the service industry and massage therapists are in the service industry. You guys feel knots. You guys know almost everything that's going on in a body and you guys pay attention to that. And what happens is is sometimes when we get those we can create our own endorphins through finances if we don't get massages ourselves and those endorphins you are going to start to see a difference in your body you're going to see a difference in your mindset i i mean just everything the, the sky is the limit the limiting beliefs start going away because the crises stop There's no more financial crises and the more money you have in savings, all of a sudden you're able to toggle back and forth on, well, I'll cut this so that I can save a little bit more here or whatever your desire is. And every budget is customizable to your circumstance and everybody has a season of life too. So depending on what season you're in, you're going to go with a different focal point. So, okay. This one's a big one. And this is one of the things that I run into the most, and that is keeping personal and business funds completely separate. Sometimes when we have gotten into the habit of, oh, well, I have money over here in the business account and I need to just run to the store and get milk. Oh my goodness that 239 here the the ten dollars over here and if you don't look at your money right away you're not going to remember what it, what happened 60 days ago you can assume but you're not going to remember so keep it completely separate and if you do let's say sometimes i will buy some of my office supplies at walmart while i'm grocery shopping i put the actual spacer in between I said, I'm going to have two separate transactions, my friend. I pay for one with my personal debit and the other with my business debit. And it just keeps it really clean. And for all businesses, always keep your receipts. I actually suggest you do it on your personal side too. So you can catch if fraud is happening or, you know, Hey, I did go and spend that money over here just to kind of do a double check. If we keep it separate, you don't have to untangle everything. And the best part is, oh, hallelujah, you go into your tax accountant, you have a very clean PL. If you ask questions, you know exactly what happened. Oh, this went for this, this, and this. So, you know, there's some added benefits because even myself, I love playing with money, I love teaching about money. But tax season is not my favorite thing at all.
0: <laughs> Carrie, I have a question. Do you have any? type of a app or program that you recommend for people to save their receipts in a little bit easier form than just like a shoebox with a bunch of receipts in it
1: I do actually so i create um i use kind of the envelope system and so based off of your chart of accounts um, office expenses. Can you tell me maybe a few of your guys's chart of accounts expenses that you would have that are write-offable in your business?
0: Um, like laundry detergents, um, sheets, lotion. um. Okay. So how, whatever category those are in, what I do is sounds really, well,
1: it sounds silly to me when I explain it to people, but it's so useful and easy is, is You know, when you get uh, something in the mail and they give you the return envelope, but you pay your bill online, so you you don't even use the envelope anyway. I keep those. I actually will write on there, let's say office supplies or meals and entertainment, whatever your categories are. Mm -hmm. And I just shove the receipts in there. And then I have one file folder that literally has those envelopes in it. And if the IRS were to ever come to me and say, hey. I think this category is a little bit high. Well, I can just go to that little envelope that says that category. Here's the receipt. And this is what it was used for. And I just write on it. So if there's something to remember, and here's another little trick that I want to throw out there, there are occasional times that we buy, we buy something and it's, we buy it on our personal but it's actually, we started out for our personal and then maybe we use it for our business. I want you guys to get the tax deduction. So what you'll do in your software is is you're going to actually put in the expense inside of your QuickBooks or whatever you use, but then you also put the deposit from the personal because then it reduces your, um, it reduces how much your paychecks are. Right. And it just starts, it's a little outside. So I kind of
0: went off topic on there. Sorry about that. got a little excited. (laughs) I mean, I think that's really pertinent though. I think, especially, you know, as we're building businesses, we don't realize everything that's going to kind of cross over. So,
1: Yes. And I do suggest everybody that is either starting out their business, or even if you're a seasoned professional, check with, your accounting. Every time you have something that you're a little unsure of, like inside of my business, um, I actually just got this office space. I did have an at-home office. I just emailed my, um, my tax accountant and said, hey, I'm going to be furnishing this office. What does that look like? What categories do I put it on? And it was awesome. He's like, hey, anything over $500 put over here, anything under put here. Yeah. Excellent. Well, and those then the sales,
0: receipts. they change so quickly too. So it's, it's good to have a relationship with an accountant where you can really touch base. And like, you know, like you said, you had an at-home office. Like I feel like that changes annually how much of your at-home office you can write off for tax purposes. So.
1: Exactly. And there's, there's a lot that really goes into um, your at-home office and your, your at office, your mileage, different things like that. So Maybe if you ever have like a, a money zone like that, I could go into kind of some of those techniques of of what's good practices or something. But um, back to how we get from where we're headed to how we get to our destination, which is retirement. We're basically going to create a relationship and make a commitment to create a relationship with our money. And the number one way for you to do that, as we've talked about is budgeting and understanding how to work with your highs and lows. So I actually suggest with my entrepreneurs, I want you to pull up a calendar and I want you to think back to the previous year. And I want you to, or you can actually go into your accounting software and kind of go through each month and mark out where your highs and lows were for the year before, just to kind of give you an idea because you have the idea, not only would you be cleaning up your books to be ready for tax time, but you would have the idea of knowing when you're going to need to adjust a few things, either bring on more clients so you don't have those lows or when you're going to be able to put more savings away. So we, we talked about this also is saving in your high months and cutting expenses as much as you can in your low months. I suggest this on your personal and your business side and knowing your happy medium. So what we'll do is, is we'll take um, your general high month and your lowest low month, And we're going to look at that income. And then I want you to find the medium between those. So you just add those two numbers together and divide it by two. And that's the number you are, that's your middle ground. And so if you are below that, then, you know, you're going to need to pluck a little bit of money from savings. If you have that money in savings, if you are above that, then you are going to take that money and purposely plan it to go into savings and then make the action move of putting it into savings. <laughs> <I> guess, <laughs> that little step. And it's, it's really interesting because I have to actually, I even write it on my own day planner. Like if I do my bills on Friday, whether it's in my business or my personal, I'll say, I'm not going to go to the bank today or Um, because I keep mine at separate banks. Like I don't keep my personal business at the same one so that I can't do that transfer thing because it's too easy. Um, But I will maybe make the time, I'll put it on my day planner for Saturday or something. Um, So I wanted to talk about the best way to enjoy being a CFO. And I'm going to touch on the personal budget first. And how to build that budget. And then, what I want to do is tell you a few things that will help you carry them over. So, this is on the personal, and I teach people, I do use uh, the Every Dollar budgeting app, and it's amazing because it teaches you you have your planned and then you have your spent and remaining. So it's a toggle back and forth. It's an, it's an amazing software. And once you really know how to set up your budget, then it goes really, really quickly. Now, again, I love Dave Ramsey, but there are certain things he doesn't teach you always the how he teaches you the why, but not the how. And I really like to teach people the how and then incorporate the why so that it's like, a yes, I want to do this. If you choose to create a relationship with your money, here's the benefits. I am guaranteeing you, you're going to have savings and that's going to create security. The next thing on the list is security and security is going to remove fear. And then you're going to have retirement. And regardless of when we get there, whether it's five years, 10 years from now, we want to have options and it starts with our choices leading up there now. So it's more like just practicing being good with our money so that we can practice putting that. And when we pay that 15% or 10%, whatever it is, it's not going to hurt consistency, provide the practice. it w- It's going to provide you the practice you need to weather the storms and get creative in cutting and intentionally putting money into savings and growth. Oh my goodness. When we start to see things grow, we get to see our debt go down, our savings go up, the amount of clients that we're able to serve, but the time we're spent at the office go down. I mean, oh my goodness, there's so much growth that can happen. Fun. I want you to build fun into your budget And it might only be in those higher months where you can give yourself a little extra bonus, but always build it in so that you have something to look forward to and hope for. And if you choose to start scaling your business, you can do so because you have the funding to do it. So, I mean, it's pretty exciting. And here's the things you're going to give up if you choose to go ahead and tackle your money. You're going to give up frustration. You're going to have it occasionally, but it's not going to stick with you for days on end you're going to be able to give up heightened financial crises because you're going to have the savings to cover those crises. So they are no longer crises. You're going to eliminate confusion. You're going to know exactly what you're paying when you're paying it. You don't even have to look at your bank account just to make sure that your budget and your bank balance match. Life is good. Um, you no longer have tax and loathing. Disappointment is almost gone and creeping balances on debt. You don't all of a sudden go, how did that go from a hundred dollars to $5,000 in five minutes? I I don't even know how that happened. So that's taken care of. And the possibility you you never have to worry about giving yourself up to go get a job. You get to continuously be your own boss.
0: So Sherry, if someone wants to learn more about you, where's the best place to find you?
1: Uh, You can find me at gratefulmoney.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook at at Grateful Money. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.